Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, it's me, your dentist. I recommend that every day you brush your teeth, floss, and listen to this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just two quick announcements. First, I will be at LeakyCon Dallas from August 9th through 11th. I do not know the exact schedule of things, meaning I'm not sure when I'm going to do the Powerless Meetup that's outside of the convention. So if you are in the area, but you don't have tickets, you can come say hi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I will be posting about it on social media. So just follow me there. And once I figure things out, I'll post about it. Second, I have a very exciting announcement from Multitude. We have created the Multi Crew, which is a membership program that allows you, our community, to fund us directly. We're growing a bunch as the audio collective that we are. We have the new studio. We're creating new shows. We're doing more live shows. We're going to more conventions. And your support makes that possible. From travel and lodging at things we do on the road, to equipment in the studio, your support makes us able to survive and not only just survive, but step outside of our comfort zone and do new things and try new things and your support makes that possible. And the Multicrew is how you can fund us directly. It's a reward program where all the funds go directly towards us and you can become the engine that fuels Multitude. For only $10 a month, you get an exclusive RSS feed with a brand new weekly show that we've created called Head, Heart, Gut. It's a friendly debate show where various hosts from Multitude cycle through and debate silly things in a friendly manner. What's the best starter Pokemon? What's the best ice cream flavor? Which is the best of the primary colors? A lighthearted debate show that is fun for all of us to be very passionate about because Multitude is all about us making podcasts about our passions. The first four episodes of Head Heart Gut will be dropping in the last week of July into August, and from August 8th on, it will be a weekly podcast. Beyond that, there's a $20 tier where you can get a glitter pin, you can watch us do live streams of games or events, you can also vote on topics of future podcasts and things like that, and finally, there is a $50 tier, you will be enshrined on our founder's wall. You'll get a personalized signed poster. You'll get tickets to all of our live shows for free and more. If you want to learn more about the multi-crew or what each tier gets you, you can head on over to multicrew.club and sign up today. It's really exciting. It really does help us. And we're excited to do all these extra bonus features for you all. So go check it out. We're really excited about it. And speaking of things that I'm really excited about, we've new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Melanie Graves, Nick Young 98, Monselda, Jordan Thomas, Ashley Nicole, Otto Zemin, Jessica Wyatt, Robin Brand, Lily Anderson, Amanda Mazzio, Garrison Riefen, Suzette Elizabeth Sam, Lisa Bullman, Belinda Freiter, and happy birthday to Nat. A pronunciation correction for Lena Karen. Shout out to Hemelig and Pernille Christine Salamonson who upgraded their pledge. A huge shout out to Kerry Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, and Lissy who upgraded to the producer level status as well as our new producer level patrons. Camilo Garcia, Connie Bienkowski, Jeanette Noel Dettilly, Mary Matiel, and Imo Sarah. They join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Clow, Frank, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Kieran, Abid, Rosemarie, Jill, Maria, Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Dustin, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Rossanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Pinky, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Mosin, Grace, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Brianne, Alex, John, Jen, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Teal, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Carlos, Pam, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Carrie, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Srujan, Brittany, Tumnus, Remney, Matt, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Emily, Colleen, Harlan, Wouter, Sheldarp, Noelia, Addy, Brian, Washin, Jenny, Nikki, Kara, Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Marta, Benjamin, Tajinder, Skymart, Sarah, Peter, Yash, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Kate, Violet, Hannah, Kat, Lindsay, Elizabeth, Fielding, Stephanie, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Jesus, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Ariel, Heaven, Callahan, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Ville, Itzel, Mitch, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Edel, Professor Threat, Kelsey, Ellie, Kel, Savvy Blue, Edel, Jimmy, Lena, Daniel, Rebecca, Lee, Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Kara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Courtney, Sparkle Cat, and Can't I Potter? Who never wear basketball shorts backwards for a large portion of the day and not realize it until they try to put something in their pockets. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus content, director's commentary, exclusive live streams, exclusive merch, discounts on the merch store, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 86 of Potterless, covering Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, chapter 34, guest starring Lauren Shippen. 
Is it the infinite noise or just infinite noise? The infinite the, noise. Okay, I thought it I'm was. pretty sure. I thought it was a the in there. <laughs> it could be like School of Rock where it was named two different things until the very end. Just say School of Rock. <laughs> say I, I wrote School of Author Rock. Author of School of Rock. <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man reading a series of children's novels. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am here joined by a lovely podcaster and now author of The Infinite Noise, which is a wild statement to say out loud. Lauren Shippen. Lauren, how's it going? It's going so great. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm Thanks so excited. Thanks for coming back. You haven't been on in a minute. Yeah, it's been I think a while. book five, was it? Maybe. It might have been earlier than that. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a minute. But this one has been a long time coming because I'm pretty sure I messaged you on Twitter like, hey, I want to have you on at some point in book seven. What do you want? And then you said in the vaguest terms, when Harry knows what he needs to do, <laughs> I want to be on that chapter. Is and that I showed, how I put it? <laughs> yep. And I showed it to Kelly. I was like, what does this mean? And Kelly was like, chapter 34. <laughs> She has a much more detailed knowledge of, of these books <laughs> well, I mean, than I do. Good. You got to like make sure I have no idea like when that happens and anything like that. But yeah, we are going to be talking about chapter 34, The Forest Again. Again! Which at the very beginning when I saw this chapter title, I was like, oh no, more camping. Please don't. So much camping. But it's a different forest, <laughs> which is good. So I think we should just get right into it. Hell yeah. Cool. So if you recall, chapter 33 ended with us like, quote unquote, learning why Snape is okay, Ugh. which he's not. <laughs> Still sucks. <laughs> But Harry is now coming to grips with the fact that he must walk calmly into death's welcoming arms. And he wonders if it will hurt to die, which I've wondered too. Like, does a vaticadaver hurt? I don't know. I mean, according to Sirius later in this chapter, no. Right. Yeah. And I, this is something I've wondered just in my life. Like, if you get shot... <laughs> What does it feel? I'm sure if you get shot somewhere else, it'd be like, ow, oh my gosh. Because in movies, people just like, you know, keep walking and stuff. Right. Like I saw John Wick 3 last week and he's just like fine. Sure. Through yeah. many things. <laughs> I'm not John Wick. But I don't know. If you get shot in like a fatal spot, does it hurt for like a second or are you just like gone? Because the end of this chapter, at least, is just like all goes dark. Yeah. Spoiler for who hasn't read the chapter. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, my interpretation of Avada Kedavra is that it's just like instantly lights out, you mm -hmm. know, that you don't actually like maybe getting like shot in the head or something that is just right. instant death the interesting thing with Avada Kedavra is that you kind of like see it coming because someone yeah. has to say it and do it to you and you at least see a flash of green right. light so, so like there's you the fear. know it happened yeah so, I don't know. And this is a kid's book. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> Love this children's book. Everyone will protest that it's a YA novel at this point, which I get. But also, yeah. if you go to a library, these books are all in the children's section. Yes. So. This book in particular is so dark, and this right. chapter in particular is so dark. Like, yeah. just grappling with mortality in such a direct way is mm -hmm. so heavy. Yes. One of the deepest, if not the deepest chapters. Yeah. So let's let's go into it. So after worrying if it's going to hurt to die, he starts wishing that he would have died earlier uh, so that he could so, have saved people and it would have been quick and over already. So he's like, oh, if I would have just died earlier, this whole battle wouldn't have happened. And maybe Lupin and Tonks would still be alive. It's so messed up. It really, <laughs> like, I, it, I, it's interesting. The reason I wanted to do this chapter is because it's a chapter where I really loved Harry like fully and completely for the first time. Right. Just because he's dealing with the most crap in the world. Mm -hmm. He's like accepting that he has to die, that the one person he trusted, the one adult in his life he trusted was, you know, sacrificing him. And now yeah. he's like, oh, I wish I just died earlier. That's so messed up. He's 17 years old. Yes, it's ridiculous. And I've given Harry a bunch of grief over the course of these yeah. books. But yeah, this chapter you're like, Oh, you're a, <laughs> you, you you're realize, a good person. <laughs> yeah, you're a good person. You're dealing with so much and so there's been much. so much put on your plate. I would not be okay with this, except I do relate to Harry when he gets to the point in this chapter when he like is trying to draw out his remaining yeah. minutes as long as he can. Because it's like, you're 17, you haven't done so many things. So many he things. He hasn't had a legal drink in a bar. All he's done is had That's like, so you know, a couple kisses with girls. Yeah. Like he hasn't <laughs> done so many like bucket list type things. He's never gone wizard skydiving. Like, like, there's so many things. Oh, actually, I, uh, so I, before this recording, I was saying to you that, um, I read this entire book up through chapter 34 in preparation for this because mm -hmm. it had been a while since I'd read it. I wanted the whole context. I love how much <laughs> preparation you did for this silly, silly podcast. And there are like a couple moments where Harry refers to like stolen hours with Ginny in the Hogwarts grounds. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Oh, oh you I think don't there's know. some other things that might have. I mean, Ginny, I think some other stuff went down maybe. Ginny was the master of using the secret passageways for different uses. Exactly. So, so mm -hmm. you know, shrieking check, who knows? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, a different kind of shrieking. <laughs> oh, no. You're welcome for ruining this kid's no, series for I, you forever. I've, I've already ruined it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry then gets even deeper and wishes that he wouldn't have taken the miracle that is his body and being as a human for granted, which is like he's getting real theoretical and philosophical about things. All this stuff about his like pounding heart and feeling mm-hmm. it for the first time and just like, it's so visceral. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's some, I think this is some of Rowling's best writing. I, yes. I think it's just beautiful, but just also horrifying, especially in the mm-hmm. midst of this battle where so many people are getting, you know, mortally injured. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. He's really coming to grips with his mortality and what it means to be a person and then also what it means to die. And yeah. it's like something that a teenager should not have to think about. No. So Harry is then not surprised by Dumbledore having a bigger plan for him. He's like, oh, of course, this is classic Dumbledore. Do this whole big thing and make me a pawn in this big game and not tell me what's actually going on. And I'm a bit conflicted about Dumbledore Mm. right now, Mm -hmm. which I guess is the whole point is that it's kind of strange that Dumbledore, at least in these memories with Snape, kind of views Harry like he's supposed to have all this love for Harry, but it kind of just makes him seem like Harry is just the means to an end. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Dumbledore is another character that, yeah, it's like when I I first read that the previous chapter when I was 17, I thought, oh my God, Snape actually was a good guy all along. And as time (laughs) has gone on, I'm like, well, no. (laughs) Also with Dumbledore in the past couple of years and and rereading some of these books it's he he's pretty messed up like he does a lot of really sketchy stuff with harry Mm -hmm. and the fact that you know harry says here dumbledore's betrayal was almost nothing you know he had never questioned his own assumption that dumbledore wanted him alive like that's really dark what i don't understand and i talked about this in the last episode i said why didn't dumbledore just give a vague clue to harry like something something where if dumbledore's best interest is at heart and you know he understands that there's only one way that this can happen and it has to happen and it sucks but like this has to go down even if dumbledore just said something to harry to the effect of like there's one horcrux that has to happen last and it's very important that it happens last but i can't tell you why for obvious reasons at least when harry makes the realization then he would be like oh dumbledore isn't just viewing me as a pawn yeah like he's not viewing me as a two in stratego like yep. he actually cares about me and he is concerned but like this is just how it has to be i don't get why dumbledore didn't just say something i know especially since you now have the knowledge that he knew he was going to die regardless and that he sort of planned that whole thing with snape you know to save draco he had so much time to actually be like okay i'm setting up all of these things mm-hmm. i need to put all these things in to play and there are so many things that I feel like he just assumed about Harry and I get that Dumbledore is like the greatest wizard of all time and incredibly smart but like these are three 17 year old children yeah (laughs) like they need probably a little bit more help than just like find these objects and destroy them right and I get that he's putting I mean he's obviously just trusting Hermione a lot but like you know there's gonna be times where Harry's gonna be too stubborn or not with Hermione (laughs) so like you gotta talk to him this just gets back to what I have been saying Dumbledore should have done since day one is just make a tiny little painting of himself in a locket so that Harry could always talk to a little Dumbledore painting yeah (laughs) I don't get have a little pocket watch with it like commissions someone to make a very tiny painting and then Dumbledore can just be like hey what's up by the way Snape isn't super bad <laughs> <laughs> Snape is working for us he still sucks he sucks but he's, but on, he's our on, side. on our side I promise <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Harry realizes that it makes sense to give Harry the task because if he died along the quest of searching for the Horcrux, it would still be productive, which is super dark and so, terrifying and an so awful dark. way to think of things where it's like, well, if he dies, it's not bad. It's just not the order that we hoped for, yeah. which reading this chapter, I was getting well, a little depressed. <laughs> yeah. the Again, like wonderful writing, but horrifying. How neat, how elegant not to waste any more lives, but to give the dangerous task the boy who had already been marked for slaughter like Uh, christ jk rowling and i don't know i'd have to go back and read the interactions in the sixth and seventh book when he's talking to harry about the horcruxes and everything i don't understand i don't know if he made it clear enough where he was like Mm. you are the only person that can do this because i think Mm. he made it very clear of like you can't tell anyone else this but i don't know if the point was driven home where he was like it has to be you it can only be you and you will find out why and it sucks but you have to do it i just it seems like there are more and there were better ways for Dumbledore to deliver all of this to Harry, yeah. given what we learn. And I know that that's Dumbledore's fatal flaw is that he doesn't tell people a whole lot of stuff and he doesn't deliver messages in the best way. But Harry's a teenager. Yeah, like he's just supposed to figure it out. I mean, I, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about 
Dumbledore needing to impress upon Harry that it needs to be him because I feel like so much of the series is just about how, you know, the boy who lived is the one person who can defeat Voldemort, especially now that Dumbledore is dead and, you know, mm-hmm. Dumbledore was the greatest wizard and was the only person to ever, like, defeat a dark wizard. I, I think that in, in some ways it's like that is just inherent to the book, the fact that, like, Harry has to be the one to confront Voldemort. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's not great. I was about to spoil something and I didn't. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I, and maybe Dumbledore was thinking Snape would tell him stuff or, or whatever. But you're really putting a lot of trust into Harry to take it really well yeah. when you learn this. And very surprisingly, Harry does. If yeah. I was in this position and I learned all this stuff and I was expecting Harry to kind of take it this way where he learns he's basically expendable, Harry could be like, you know what? Fuck you, Dumbledore. Exactly. I'm going to figure out a way to do this without dying. But I'm very impressed with Harry just being like, okay fine like this sucks and maybe this guy didn't think of me as more than just this step in the ultimate goal yeah but oh man harry takes this so well he takes it so well and he like just even being like oh you know ron and hermione i'm not i'm not gonna go talk to them like there aren't gonna be any goodbyes it's like i feel like my reaction would be like oh hermione's gonna figure out a way around this mm-hmm. or even like mcgonagall like there are smarter Somebody. people here who can figure out that maybe this isn't the only solution but I feel like at this point, probably Harry's just tired. He's just like, you know what? So many people I love have died. I'm just, let's just call it. I mean, there was the point earlier in in this book where when the Dementors are coming, he's like, I wish I could just die. Which, uh, He's had such a hard life. It's so awful. Much. I take back so many of the mean things I've said about Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. This is really where it like hit home for me. Because also, you know, reading this as a teenager, it's like, and I think we talked about this a little bit when, when we did the fifth book, when, when I came and talked about a uh, chapter in that about how when you're a teenager and you're reading some of the way that he behaves, it's so hard to process because you are also behaving that way and you don't want to like have that mirror (laughs) reflected on you. But yeah, by the time I got to here, I was like, oh, actually, you know, he's been through so much. He has every right to sort of fly off the handle given everything that he's gone through and the Mm -hmm. fact that he just, the punches never stop coming. Yeah. Speaking of punches coming, he also realizes that telling Ron and Hermione, Dumbledore's plan to do that was also so that, oh, if Harry dies early, someone else could finish the job, which like so many things. Harry just has this like thought after thought after thought of like, oh, this sucks. Oh, yeah, this does suck. Oh, man, this really sucks. Like he just keeps realizing things and they're all terrible. Yeah, it's just a cascading waterfall of Dumbledore's, like, (laughs) tricky plan. It's terrible. But at the same time, this obviously is horrible. But if you look at it as a plan, it's a really smart plan by Dumbledore. Like, you have to respect it. And I guess that's where Harry falls is that because the narrator does say things like you pointed out, like how neat and clean, how perfect, blah, blah, blah. It is actually a really well put. Like, it's awful because you're doing this to three teenagers but it's a really smart plan yeah because if you know if if they'd involved the entire order it's like probably a lot more people would have died you know to Mm -hmm. keep this to the three people who could get it done and and maybe save other other lives is yeah you're maybe sending those people to their deaths but you're potentially safe it is the for the greater good thing right Mm -hmm. which it runs through so much of this book in this series and is so gnarly yeah um Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it is it's eleven thirty. There's thirty minutes until Harry's gotta, you know, make sure the battle doesn't keep going on. So he leaves Dumbledore's office, which finally, at least for the time being, confirms that Harry is never gonna talk to the Dumbledore painting, which makes me so mad. And <laughs> I have been pining for this since the first episode of book seven. I want him just to talk to the Dumbledore painting. I don't think it's gonna happen. Well, maybe there's a chance because he doesn't die. Maybe it happens in Cursed Child. I don't know. Maybe it's in the epilogue. Uh, I just want him to talk to the Dumbledore painting. But wouldn't it be great if Harry just like rails on the Dumbledore painting? Be very good. <laughs> I'm staying completely silent. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Harry puts on his cloak and heads out of the castle. Along the way, Neville and someone else almost bump into him. And Neville and this other person are carrying the dead body of Colin Creevy, who's a year younger than Ugh. them, meaning that he was underaged and turn around to rejoin the fight against the ruling of McGonagall, which... Oh, man. And she was right because he died. He's too young to fight. It's so awful. Gosh. uh, It's... Uh, and it's Oliver Wood, right? That he's with the, yes. the the Quidditch captain. That's the reveal is that it's a very grizzled Oliver Wood that Harry didn't recognize at first because he's just so different and so serious now. Yeah. So, yes, Oliver mm. Wood then takes over carrying Colin's body and tells Neville to, like, go back for more, which, oh, oh my gosh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Ugh, just so horrifying. Much. 
man. Harry doesn't see any of his truly loved ones, but he realizes that it's probably in his best interest if he just kind of leaves so that he doesn't see anybody else that he really cares about dead. Again, just like tragic. Mm -hmm. Just having to turn away. Yeah, it's He has to make the business decision of, oh, if I see someone that I really like dead, it's going to stop me from my task and slow me down, which, oh gosh, I'm very impressed with how dedicated and determined Harry is and how well he's taking it given all the stuff he's just yeah and not what like knowing that he can't say goodbye because then it'll it'll draw things out awful (laughs) ridiculous yeah so Harry does take off the cloak because he realizes that he needs to talk to Neville to make sure that things go well so he has this sudden realization takes off the cloak and tells Neville that Nagini must be killed He also tells Neville that Ron and Hermione also know, just in case Neville can't do it. But he wanted to, like, pass it along. But he doesn't go as far to tell him about the whole Horcrux thing. He just kind of leaves it as, you have to kill the snake. Yep. Ron and Hermione know you have to kill the snake. Make sure the snake dies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, and he has to, like, stop himself because he can't imagine Ron and Hermione not being able to complete that task. Because that would mean that something happened to them. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. would be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So Harry moves on. And then he sees Ginny, who is talking to a girl who says that she just wants to go home, which... (sighs) You got to think that a lot of people are thinking this at this point. Yeah. And it's it's it seems like it's a young girl, right? Like maybe another person that snuck, snuck around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it doesn't say who it is, but it is someone that does seem to be young. I mean, Ginny's also young too, so True. could be in her class. Harry then also has a desire to go home, but then he realizes he is home. Like Ugh. he doesn't have a home. Sure, you could say the Dursleys, but that's not really home. His mm-hmm. home is slash was Hogwarts. Like this is the place yeah. where he felt most at home. And then he does realize, oh, this is also the place where Voldemort felt most at home. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, he and Voldemort and Saint the abandoned boys had all found a home here. And I, I, I feel like there's so much about Harry's identifying with. Voldemort with Snape and like sort of the self-loathing inherent in that that is not examined uh-huh. enough for me like that that's something reading this as a, an older person I'm like you're constantly comparing yourself to these people and uh-huh. you know just because you share certain connections but what do you actually feel about that like please go to therapy Harry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be the sequel. That which Cursed Child should have just been Harry in therapy a lot. Honestly, that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry leaves the castle and approaches Hagrid's hut when he sees slash feels a swarm of Dementors approaching. And this is the part where he's clinging to every second that he has left. Yeah. There's a quote from the narrator that says, The long game had ended. The snitch had been caught. It was time to leave the air. Which initially I was like, oh, don't bring Quidditch into this. Like, don't ruin. <laughs> don't ruin such a good sentimental serious moment with like oh this is kind of like that sport I play (laughs) and if you're gonna shoehorn a sport in like don't shoehorn in Quidditch come on (laughs) dude it would be amazing if my hair was always in just like and like football (laughs) (laughs) and much like LeBron James needing to overcome the Warriors I'm alone in this and I have no one else (laughs) <laughs> so Harry then remembers the snitch and remembers the whole I open at the close thing. And at the time I was reading this, I was audiobooking it because I was on the subway mm. and I switched between reading and audiobooking yeah. it. And I was on the subway and I just went <gasps> like really <laughs> loudly because I was like, right. Because you do I, forget you about it. About yeah. it. Like, you <laughs> totally forgot about this whole thing. And it, it's funny because while I'm reading it, I'll forget about things. But then by nature of me being a couple chapters ahead of where where the chapters are for Potterless episodes being released, sometimes it'll be like, oh yeah, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> so then I can like sound smart in future recordings, but it just didn't line up where this is just like that. But yeah, it just, it feels like a million years ago. Yeah. It feels like it was 500 books ago that he was trying to figure out in the office with the minister. Yeah. Which, uh, who's even the new minister? It was, uh, it was Scrimger, wasn't Scrimger, it? Scrimger, yeah. yeah. I was like, not fudge. Like before he, before Scrimger gets killed right because yes. then that, that like that's really early in the book mm-hmm. that's like chapter four it's or something. single digit chapters yeah for so sure. it feels like a million years ago where he was like oh right and then there's the whole chapter of him like trying to figure out like what all the things are why'd they give us this children's book blah yeah. blah blah yeah and now it's like oh like like that's important well and the only other time it comes up i think is when they're talking about the hallows mm-hmm. and you know harry kind of being obsessed about it and, and thinking about the ring and the horcrux mm-hmm. and how the there was the you know symbol on it and how that must be the resurrection stone but 
by the time you actually get here, you're like, well, that doesn't really matter anymore, right? Because we know mm-hmm. that Horcrux was destroyed, that it doesn't matter if the Resurrection Stone isn't there. Like, I I could never have anticipated the way in which, like, the Resurrection Stone came into play. No. Yeah. I, I feel like I'd have to go back and listen because I feel like I had so many predictions about the Resurrection mm. Stone. I don't think I predicted that it was the ring. No, maybe I did. I'd have to check. Yeah. I got something about this right. But even regardless, <laughs> regardless of me making the prediction, blah, 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 there's so much stuff that happens that I honestly forgot the Resurrection Stone existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many other things, like, people die and there's so much happening and you learn all these things about Snape and Harry and Dumbledore, blah, 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 and all this stuff like i forgot that there was a third hallow (laughs) which is wild because this book is called the deathly hallows right right uh and you just there's there's so much happening and that's just a testament to how well rowling wrote these chapters Mm -hmm. is you are in the brain space of harry at this point so you are scatterbrained and you are thinking of all these other things and you are feeling all of these emotions so that when it comes time to realize something you feel like harry because harry goes oh shit right and then you as the reader go oh shit right (laughs) so Oh, yeah. Remembers the snitch. It says I open at the close and he stares at it and realizes this is the moment. And basically, Mm -hmm. like, if this isn't the close, I don't know what the fuck is. (laughs) So he presses his lips and whispers to it. I am about to die. And so dark. (laughs) And even in this moment, that's very dark and serious and is a great realization. Of course, me being who I am, I was like. Did he have to get it 100% right? <laughs> like, did he have to say it exactly? What if he said, I'm going to die? What if he says, this is the close? What if he says, I know what I have to do? Like, did Dumbledore program? Did he code in a bunch of different things where, like, if this, then, if not, then? And just, like, a huge <laughs> JavaScript of, like, all the things that he could say to open it. Because, like, I guess maybe it's a sentimental charm. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think it would have to be, like, an intention versus right. a phrase. Yeah. Because him saying, like, you know, I'm at the close would sort of be, like, make more sense mm-hmm. from a sentence structure. But I think it's probably just, like, the knowledge that while he's touching it that he's about to die probably that did it. Mm-hmm. And it does get to a scene that I always want to see when they do stuff like this is him just, like, saying a bunch of things to the snitch. Just being like, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It's the end. Voldemort's <laughs> going to kill me. I'm the Horcrux. Oh, okay. There, there it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so it finally does open. And inside, it's a black stone. And it's the Resurrection Stone. And it has the Deathly Hallows logo inscribed on mm-hmm. it. So he realizes that he is about to join his loved ones that are dead. And he turns it over three times and he feels that it has worked. And he sees figures that arise out of the stone and they mostly resemble the diary riddle from book two where it's like kind of a person but not really a person. Mm-hmm. More solid than a ghost but not an actual like body. Exactly. So it's James, Sirius, Lupin, and Lily all there. And Harry says that they all look really good. So basically they're all looking super hot which <laughs> is very good to know that the after world theory is that you're your best self so you yeah know, you're wearing your favorite outfit and your hair is perfectly in place you don't <laughs> the have age at which you look the hottest you just got 18 years of sleep yeah they figure out whatever age you are when you were peak hot yeah you know it's like oh, okay bradley cooper you're like late 20s it's like jeff goldblum you're every age yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, jeff goldblum is never gonna die i know gosh that's also true <laughs> so lily and james then give words of encouragement and harry does clarify does it hurt and sirius is like not at all it's quicker and easier than falling asleep. So I guess that's nice. Like, yeah. Even though, because and this will this will bother me until I die. <laughs> Sirius dies by getting stunned and falling behind the veil in the Department of Mysteries. Yes. Which, I don't know. I still have so many questions about that. Well, that's got to, he has to have the death that sucks because he's got to be the kind of death where you wake up in heaven or whatever, in the afterworld, you wake up and think, Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Come on. Really? And then you have to ask someone, like, what happened? Because I don't know if he couldn't have known what that veil was, right? Right? Like, otherwise, he wouldn't have been standing up there fighting. Well, and I was I was convinced and I feel like I can I can say this to you now that we've seen Sirius in like a ghost form. Yes. But I was convinced until I saw in the fifth movie when I because that came out, I think, before the seventh book came out. Right. Um, and in it, Sirius does get Avada. And I remember like Oh, they I, change it? Yeah, they change oh, it in the and movie. They also add the line where he's like, Nice one, James. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, one of the few things the movies did well. I didn't um, know they changed it to Avada. Yeah, they changed it to that. Avada. And I remember thinking like there's no way that J.K. Rowling would have let that happen if she was gonna bring him back. Yeah. And so that oh. was when I was like, Oh, my hope because ever since the fifth book, I'd been hoping like some way so, he's gotta he, come back. Yeah, he's gonna come back. They're sudden. gonna go back to the Department of Mysteries and he's gonna like come out of the veil. Uh-huh. And no, that was a real like soul crushing realization that? i guess maybe i don't know because i guess in the movie they don't take the time to explain 
the whole veil thing. Like that yes. doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it's just easier for the viewer to be like, oh, okay, he's oh, he's dead. dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, yeah. Anyway, sidebar. Oh, that's crushing. <laughs> so. It was it was awful. <laughs> So Harry then apologizes to Lupin for his death. And Lupin's like, no worries, dude. It's all chill. Uh, He says Teddy will not know him, but he will know that he died trying to make the world in which he lives in a better place. Which, man, Lupin taking this like a champ, too. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Also, like, has been dead for like 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know? He's taking it really well. Yeah. I'm also so intrigued by... I mean, obviously, his parents and Sirius make a lot of sense, and I think mm-hmm. I think Lupin does make sense too. But I'm very intrigued by the fact that Dumbledore is not here. Yeah. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. like I, yeah. I wonder exactly how the Resurrection Stone. I mean, this is a little bit in the weeds about like how does the magic of Harry Potter work? Because as Harry turns over the stone, we don't really hear his internal monologue of like his intention of the people that he, yeah, he wants to bring like back. Pick. Yeah, it's not versus like he's picking his MySpace top eight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> versus the original brother, you know, the the story was that he it was the girl that he wanted to marry, right, and so right. it was like a very clear intention. And so I kind of wonder if he had was thinking of these people specifically, or if it was just the stone. I don't know. I, I I don't know how it works yeah, in it terms of be... like who it brings back for him. Hmm. I mean, it, I feel like it's not him choosing. I feel like it's got to just be where your heart is at. Right. And maybe since he's fresh off of feeling some negative stuff towards Dumbledore. Yeah. It makes the most sense for Dumbledore not to come back because sure, he's holding it together well now. But if Dumbledore shows up, maybe he like yells at him and right. starts true, arguing true. with him. I'm just really <laughs> That's glad a really good point. made the cut because yeah. as Brandon and I talked about, Brandon, who's in the room. Hello, Brandon. How's it going? We talked about like, why do people like Sirius more than Lupin? Like Lupin's way better than Sirius. I, and yes. we had to arrive <laughs> at that like you're a teenager when you read this book and Sirius is hot topic personified. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, but like, Lupin is so much better. Yeah. Like, objectively better. I get that Sirius is his godfather and, like, is the father of the figure, blah, blah, blah. He's not around as much. He doesn't do as much. Lupin is easily the best teacher that Harry's had besides McGonagall. Yeah. Teaches him so many things as the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. Teaches him so much afterwards. Is there for him. Is around longer. Yeah. Like, also is somewhat of a father-like figure to him. Yeah. So I'm just glad that Lupin is getting the love he deserves because, I like, when people are like, oh, yeah, I love Sirius. It's like, why? Sure. He's the cool one. Whatever. Lupin so much better. Yeah, so much better. And also, like, Sirius, like, I feel like is a father figure in the sense that he is sort of a, a, a stand-in for, because he's, like, was such good friends with James. Yeah, he's but, James B. Yeah. Like, he's James too. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of actual, like, fathering, Mm-mm. Arthur Weasley and Lupin are the only yeah. people who actually, like, are a father to Harry. Yeah. And Sirius, like, I had forgotten that the the nice one, James, in, in the fifth movie was a thing mm-hmm. they added. Because yeah. I think that that was, that was so smart because... And that's one of the things that in our debate of Molly versus Ginny <laughs> that I talked about where Molly like calls out Sirius of like, he's not James. Like you can't mm-hmm. treat him like your best friend. Yeah, it's good. It's interesting in reading. I mean, this this book especially because it's the first time you f- actually see the dates of the book. Mm-hmm. Because when you visit Lily and James's graves, you actually see the date, right. the, the year that they were born and, and died. And you realize that they were 21 years old when they died. Bonkers. And that's what, like, reading this now, I'm like, oh, my God. He's looking at parents who are four years older than him, mm-hmm. which is just so bizarre. And, like, yeah. I, it, it honestly explains a lot about why Sirius behaves the way that he behaves. Oh, like, I yeah. think I understand why Sirius, like, I, I am less, I think, resentful towards him than I maybe was a couple of years ago. Because I'm like, uh, oh, well, you were 21 and then you went to Azkaban for you, like 15 yeah, you years. you spent your formative years in prison. Like, yeah. it makes sense. I don't blame Sirius. Yeah. And I don't feel any, like, ill will towards him for the way he is. Like, it makes sense. It's more of Lupin needs more love. <laughs> yes, Lupin is so good. Also, why the fuck was Gary Oldman cast as Sirius? I... <laughs> He's supposed to be, like, 30. <laughs> the casting of both Sirius and Lupin, actually, are maybe my biggest gripes with Harry yeah, Potter casting. The Lupin one is okay because he kind of looks gross-ish like not awful I always had but like such straggly. a crush on Lupin oh okay I <laughs> so I was like I was wanting to be like like a hot professor you know what's weird is like so much of the adult casting was so good yeah like Maggie Smith was perfect, perfect. perfect. and f- I think there were so many adults like Moody incredible it's so good and then you get like fun cameo roles with David Tennant as Barty Crouch Jr. oh my god like, amazing so uh um, uh, is it Amelda's Staunton is Umbridge. I couldn't tell you. Whoever that lady is, she's she's great. (laughs) Whoever does Hagrid, incredible. Yes. Like so many amazing adult casting choices. And then like I get Gary Oldman's a good actor, sure. But But let's cast a 50-year-old man (laughs) as like this hot 30-year-old. Like (laughs) what are you doing? 
<laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to think of like who would have made sense at the time, but I don't know. Like who was British and then also 30. I don't know actors well enough, mm. but I feel like they could have done a better they job. Could have, they could have found they somebody. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. honestly, whoever played Tom Riddle in in Chamber Ooh, of Secrets, yeah, he would have been good. Serious, would have been good. Yeah, I also had a fun thought here where like it would have been great if it's all these serious figures, <laughs> and then Fred shows up is like Harry. <laughs> I, I really would have loved that. Where like before he goes in, he just like hits him with like a sick joke and a pun. And then yeah, he's like, go get him, champ. Like, uh, would have been amazing. Also, uh, does this not work on animals? Because Hedwig is not here either. Fuck Hedwig, man. <gasps> <laughs> How I, dare you? I like I get that Hedwig is like a metaphor and represents so much, but like Hedwig didn't do anything. Oh. <laughs> like I get that Hedwig is like a personification of his childhood yeah. and his innocence and his personality, blah blah blah. Like, I don't know. Hedwig like sent some letters and then was sassy when she didn't get fed sometimes. That's true. Also, <laughs> if you need to diminish Hedwig, I learned a fun fact the other day. Ludo Bagman's name is said more times across the entire series in the books than Hedwig. Really? Ludo Bagman is the number. 39th most mentioned person in the Harry Potter series. That is wild. Ridiculous. <laughs> I guess it's because he lasted the entire fourth book and the fourth book yeah, is really long. And every time true. you say it, you have to say Ludo Bagman. Right. You're not going to just say he and he keeps leaving and coming back. And yeah. so you always have to like call him by name of Ludo. But that's yeah, wild. He said more than a lot of things. That's really strange. It, it's ridiculous. Especially because in like the grand scheme of things, he's not at all an important character. No, I, I mean, not really. He's a big red herring and that's about yep. it. But yeah, I think it's just because he's throughout the whole book. And when you think of Hedwig, like, sure, Hedwig's like there. Yeah. But they don't use Hedwig that much. Right. Like, and it's not like she ever like every... speaks or anything. Yeah. She's in the beginning of every book. Yeah. And then maybe at the end when she gets True. packed up. And that's about it. Yeah. But, that's a good point. Yeah. Ludo Bagman's up Ludo there. Ludo Bagman. <laughs> 39th. Shout out to the Sporkle Quiz, who are the top 200 most said people. Top uh, 200? Yeah, it was a quiz. You get like an hour or 40 minutes or something, and you just get to type all the names and see how many of the top 200 most mentioned names are in there. Hey, Editing Mike here. The Sporkle Quiz gives you 18 minutes to complete this task. I don't know where past Mike was thinking it would be between 40 minutes to an hour. Can you imagine taking a Sporkle Quiz for an hour? I don't know what this dude was thinking. Anyway, 18 minutes is pretty hard for this task, though. I recommend you all give it a shot. Anyway, back to the podcast. Did There's you do this? Ones. I did it because Kelly did it and then I beat her, <laughs> which was real good. <laughs> uh, but then she did it a, a second time and kicked my butt. But yeah, I want to say I got to like a hundred or so. Oh my um, God, I really want to do this. It's a good one. It's really hard just because like there's, there's so, so many, many names. people you forget. Yeah. I looked it up yesterday <laughs> and 199 is Troy. Do you know who Troy is? Troy? Troy, not Troy Bolton from High School Musical. <laughs> uh, Troy is the chaser on the Ireland Quidditch team from the Quidditch World Cup and they oh, say his name God. 12 times in that chapter I guess and he's number 199 who's 200 <laughs> I don't remember I, I was someone that like I think it was someone's name that made sense yeah. I, I think 200 is Neville's mom I think it's 200 oh, is like actually saying her right, name right because she's uh, in like one scene right but 199 I was like who the fuck is Troy, Troy. <laughs> That's right, because Ron says some stuff about him, I guess, mm -hmm. when they're at the, and, the World Cup. Yeah, and then the announcer, Ludo Bagman, says right. his name a couple times. Ah, Ludo. All right, past Mike. I know you were very excited to shoehorn in some Ludo Bagman fun facts, but we got to take a bit of a breather here because it's time for Wingardium at Ridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Tab for a Cause. Look, we can't all be Harry Potter. Our contribution to society can't be as significant as defeating the most evil being in the history of existence. Instead, we try to help out in the little ways. And one way that you can help out in an incredibly easy manner is by installing Tab for a Cause into your browser. If you go to tabforacause.org slash Potterless, you can install this into your browser and you can raise money for charity in the easiest way possible. Every time you open a tab, you raise money for charity. Think about how many tabs you open a day. It's probably a lot. If you're a garbage person like me, it's a ton. And now you've turned that garbage into money for charity. That's the best kind of recycling imaginable. So you go to tab4acause.org slash potterlist. That's T-A-B-F-O-R-A-C-A-U-S-E dot org slash potterlist. You install it. It just takes a couple of clicks. Every time you open a tab, you'll get a picture of a nice serene background. You can add widgets and stuff. You'll see a couple of ads, but those ads are what raise money for charity. Then every time you open a tab, you get a heart and you can take those hearts and decide what charity 
charities get the support. There's wonderful charities to choose from. They do timely pushes when there's certain events going on in the world. It's wonderful. And again, you can raise money for charity in the easiest way possible that I could ever think of by going to tab4acause.org slash Potterless today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch cool stuff you can do with arena club including their slab packs if you have ever done any sort of card collecting you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card but what's nice about the slab packs with arena club is that you have full transparency you see what available cards are there what your percentage of getting them is what the gradings are so it is not a complete black box you're going into this knowing what cards you might get and i've been using arena club and it's pretty cool it's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me. And then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get right 10% off get, your first purchase right now, by going to arenaclub.com slash Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. That's a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, whether you're a sports nerd or Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So the figures will stay with Harry up until the end, and no one else can see them aside from Harry. So Harry then feels like a passenger in his body as he walks through the forest. He's like really coming to grips with his status and where he stands. And he feels more in touch with the dead than he does with the living back at the castle, which makes sense. Yeah. But it was rough. But this is now a full-on death march. I mean, like, accompanied by the dead and everything. It's Mm -hmm. very grim. Uh, It's so serious, but really well done. JK's been killing it these past few chapters. Yeah, the writing is really excellent. Mm -hmm. So Harry hears a thud and a whisper, and he stops. And it's two figures suspecting someone is using an invisibility cloak. And it's Yaxley and Dolohov. Yaxley, who, when he first came up, was like, this dude doesn't matter. And he just, like, keeps coming (laughs) back. He keeps coming back. And then Dolohov, who's always there, which... I just, I hate Dollhouse so much. It's like, just go away, dude. Just yeah. get out of here. I'm having a nice touching moment with Harry and <laughs> what his are you loved doing? ones. I don't need Death Eaters here. Just go away. I feel like these guys are like the evil Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> it's so true. Like, they just keep kind they of coming up when you don't need up. them here. Uh, like You're so unnecessary. And people keep kicking your ass in duels. Just leave. Just leave. Good names, though. Yaxley and Dollhouse. They are very good names. Yeah. So they think that the noise that they heard is just an animal, which is valid. They are in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah. So they look at their watches, which I love that they have watches. Like, I know watches have been brought up in the Wizarding World, but I want to know what these watches look like. Are they pocket watches? Are they calculator watches? Are they digital? Are they analog? (laughs) What are they? Oh, my God. The idea of a wizard having a digital watch for some reason is like a baby G. (laughs) This is the 90s. These are the 90s. Like, there would be some Casios out there for sure. 
sure. Yes. Like maybe they even have the slap bracelet watches. Like oh my god, yes. The fact that there aren't more '90s accessories in these books makes me so upset. Such I, a missed like, opportunity with the movies. Are honestly, people wearing jellies. Do people yes. use gel pens? Like there's <laughs> so many things that need to happen. Oh my god, like gel quills, like having quill oh, ink that's like sparkly and blue, and sparkle and glow in the dark. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they have tamagotchis. They're like playing class. Like oh my tamagotchi pooped so much while I was in Transfiguration. <laughs> oh, I gotta flush the toilet. When they inevitably do a Harry Potter like TV series for Ooh, Netflix, I want it to be, be entirely there. a period piece. How the fuck did these kids not play Pokemon? Are you Truly. kidding me? How is that not a thing in the... Like, that is just what Fantastic Beasts is. How is that not a thing that people are doing in the Wizarding World where they're capturing You're magical creatures? people are playing Gobstones, but they're not playing <laughs> Pokemon? Are you just... Like, that's the thing. The people who have muggle parents, like, yeah. how do they not have cousins or brothers or someone that is like obsessed with Pokemon and when they go back for a break they're like yo have you heard of Pokemon it's like what's Pokemon and then they hand them a Game Boy Color with like the kind of see-through plastic and they're like this is amazing and I get technology doesn't work on Hogwarts but like you can at least bring the cards it baffles me that Pokemon didn't at least seep its way in well yeah because there are plenty of Muggleborn in it who would have been in Muggle school until like they're 10 right so Uh. yeah I need to go back and see if it would have existed. It just, it surprises me that there's not more stuff because they do know about muggle stuff. Yeah. Harry asks people what's basketball because muggle people talk about it. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a a fun trope on, on Tumblr about, you know, headcanoning certain things in the Harry Potter world and Mm -hmm. all the kind of stuff and, and characters in certain ways. And everybody's defense is always like, all those things could be true. Harry is the least observant person (laughs) in the planet. It's from his perspective. (laughs) Everybody could be playing Pokemon all the time and And he just just wouldn't not notice. notice. Yep. That's very valid. Very, very valid. So they look at their watches and they note that the hour is almost up. So they decide to go back. They assume that Harry isn't coming, even though Voldemort was so sure that he would. Well, don't worry. Voldemort's right. They decide to go back and figure out what the plan is now. So Harry follows them. So this is perfect. When they showed up, I was like, why are these people here? Yeah. And I was like, oh, so now Harry knows where to go. Oh, right. Because so the, the forest is huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't that be And the very worst? dangerous. Wouldn't that be the worst is like, Harry's trying to get back by midnight and he's just lost. Yes. Or he's he gets just, just like, like eaten by a. Uh, a spider <laughs> like just like keeps trying to figure it out and it's like it's 12 10 he's like Voldemort please Voldemort. <laughs> where are you bud Accio Voldemort <laughs> I'm trying to come back please don't please start the battle me. again <laughs> I would like to die please sir <laughs> So he follows them and they lead him to a spot in the forest where Aragog used to live. It's like the big spider hideout that used to happen. And there is a crowd of Death Eaters waiting in silence, all staring at Voldemort. Worst party ever. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of racists. <laughs> no food. Nothing. No snacks. Just, you know, a neo-Nazi no rally. You know, you get to like burn a flag or whatever it is they do. <laughs> Nothing great's going on. So yeah, it's where all the spiders used to live. And Voldemort just has his head bowed, staring at the Elder Wand, fiddling with it. Nagini is still floating in the sphere nearby. Which... Like, I get that it's, like, menacing that, you know, she's protected and stuff, but that is just, to this day, still the funniest image to me. Oh, yeah. Of this giant snake just in this bubble in the air, just kind of, you know, winding around. It's very weird to me. (laughs) What I said in the episode with Will and Ellie covering chapter 32, I asked, is it, like, the ball from Super Monkey Ball? (laughs) I don't. Oh, (laughs) Brandon turned around in approval, so my reference is good. It's a video game where it's a tiny cartoon monkey. It's like an anime thing. Okay. It's a cartoon monkey trapped in a sphere, and then you go through like puzzle levels. Uh, it's like one of those wooden things where you have to like move a marble across. Oh, except okay. it's a video game form, and you do it with joysticks on your GameCube or your PlayStation 2. Gotcha. And it, it, it's just like kind, not fully see through, but it has sparkles and stars in it. I don't know, but it's it's very much like if you had like a, a design of a bouncy ball. Oh, Oh, there it is. Producer Brendan showing a picture. Gosh, this is the first episode where we've recorded with like an audio engineer in the room and in the Multitude Studio. Wow, how professional. References immediately. So good. Very cute ears. Yeah. I'm like, yes. So, yeah, it is it is funny where it's supposed to be like serious and menacing. Voldemort is all intimidating. And then it's like the snake's in like a glowing sphere floating in the air. Like it doesn't. And I'm just imagining it like her, her snake tongue just like, you know, going like blip, blip, just like out of her mouth. How, how do you feed Nagini? Oh, I guess she ate Snape, so. That's <laughs> or, true. <laughs> or at least got a chunk of his neck. Yeah. Uh, so 
he's fiddling with this wand, just staring down. And Bellatrix tries to butt in, but Voldemort just silences her. And then he says, I thought he would come. I expected him to come, which that's what she said. <laughs> come on, Voldemort. Choose your words. <laughs> he says, it seems as if I was mistaken. And then Harry removes the cloak dramatically. Before doing so, he put his wand away so it wouldn't be tempting to use it. And then screams out a reply, you weren't, which it's like a weird, I get that the timing of it and he's going for that action movie trope of replying to something, which is my favorite trope in the Very world. Very good trope. But it's a weird thing to say in defiance of someone because he's basically saying, hey, idiot, you were right. Which, <laughs> like it doesn't. Yeah, it's not a great defense. <laughs> it's it's like uh, just. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> Harry really loves. I mean, he's such he's such a dramatic bitch. He yeah. really loves his entrances. <laughs> I respect that. You know what? If you're going to die, if you know you're going to die, it's like mm. you want to, yeah, pull off the cloak. And, uh-huh. But that is what's, it is weird because it like there are more dramatic things to say. And also he pulls off the cloak and stuffs it under his robes with his wand. So it's like he has time to take it off and kind of like shove it in his pocket. I guess no one was looking at it. Yeah. Him. Which is like, I feel like detracts from the gravity <laughs> of the moment a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, let me just. <laughs> and I get that he's trying to say that Voldemort was wrong in that line. But then right. by saying he's wrong in that line, he's like, you used to be right. Your first instincts were correct. Like, <laughs> He's like kind of complimenting it's a little, him. A little messy. <laughs> <laughs> so he drops the stone and his ghost team disappears. And the Death Eaters are all shocked. And Voldemort stares at Harry. And Hagrid, who is tied up on a tree nearby, even though he's like gags, like mumbles like a Harry, no, at the top of his lungs. And I knew that Hagrid wasn't going to die. So I'm glad that he's still there. Yeah, thank uh, God. That wasn't fooling me. So Voldemort and Harry look at each other. Voldemort tilts his head to the side and smiles saying, Harry... Potter, the boy who lived, and Bellatrix is panting. Like she, is, <laughs> she is like feeling all the emotions. And Voldemort raises his wand, keeping his head tilted, shoots a vaticadavra at Harry, or at least it says a flash of green light, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and then narrator Harry says, "And everything was gone." And that's the end of chapter thirty-four. And that's the end of this episode of Potterless. So, Lauren, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, every emotion. It's like th- nothing. Literally all that happens in this chapter, action-wise, as Harry stands up, walks to the woods, <laughs> and dies. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the time elapsed, like in real time, of all of these chapters, this one he does the least. Yeah. Like his iPhone health status, it's like he maybe walks a tenth of a mile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's so well done, and mm-hmm. it's so well written. And these couple series of chapters just so much happens yeah and there are so many revelations you know about snape and you know about who died in the battle and all this type of stuff that to have a chapter that is i think like very simple and straightforward and Mm -hmm. is just harry going through this acceptance of knowing he has to die is super powerful i the first time i read this because i i was reading it this morning and crying in a cafe (laughs) and i was thinking about the this is maybe my like fourth or fifth time reading this book um, and this chapter always gets me and I was thinking back to the first time I read this chapter when the book came out and you know I read the whole book in like three days I me and my sister were both reading it we tried to like pace ourselves so we didn't read the entire thing in one night I was gonna say three that's impressive yeah. that it took you that long <laughs> we had a we had a rule where every like six or seven chapters we would stop and discuss and like take a break oh, and like so eat something. yeah it was really nice we bought our own copies and stuff because we were not gonna try and like <laughs> trade off you know it would have been a nightmare we went to my grandparents house where they didn't have wi-fi at the time so it was perfect oh wonderful but I I didn't really cry in this in this the first time I read this chapter because it, it was just so I don't know I was still in shock and so I like I want to know what you're feeling right now because this is your first yeah. time and you don't know what happens right it was interesting going back to what you said the previous chapters it's so much action happening you have a couple chapters where it's just like action 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 so many things going on with like the fight the duel building exploding here are spiders now um, <laughs> so many things going on. Then you have the chapter in between this with Snape where so much is happening in that you're learning so much. Where it's like 15 pensive flashbacks all in one. (laughs) It's like this happens, this, this, this. So you have a frantic chapter of action, a frantic chapter of learning things. And then you have this chapter, which is just Harry coming to grips with himself for a long time. And it's amazing. Like it's so well done. And it's ridiculous how you can have so much going on without that much happening yeah like there's still the same level of intensity and the same level of emotion it's just different intensity and different emotion yeah so i just felt i don't know it just like i just felt deep and like dark because it's just like 
depressing. Yeah. Uh, so it just like I felt very somber reading it. And by the time I got to the part where Harry does die, it was less surprising just because mm. I feel like in these chapters you really start feeling what Harry is feeling. And by the time it came to it, like I came to grips with Harry dying. Yeah. Because much like Harry, like when you first realize what's at stake, you're like, oh, he's got to die. And then you're thinking of all these different things like maybe there's a way around it. Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe this is going to happen. And then by the time like he goes through it and talks to people and reasons it through, you're like, this has to happen. Yeah. And I think by the time it happened, I was just in the same place as Harry where I was like, all right. Like, obviously, I know that he's going to be OK because I know that there's the epilogue and Cursed Child and like it goes on. But do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so unless he impregnated Ginny like, in, that, <laughs> in one of those secret hallways. But yes, I just I felt like in the same spot as Harry. I just yeah. felt like very at peace with what needs to happen. And I kind of. My natural tendency with these is try to guess and predict what happens next and how it goes down. And honestly, I just I didn't even think of a single prediction just because mm. I was so and I still have no idea. Like, I can't yeah. think of anything. Yeah, I was going to ask. It, like, you... it's going to have to be some magic bullshit, but I can't <laughs> predict it. Like, it's going to be something where it's like the love inside of you. Like, it's going to be some <laughs> bullshit that isn't justifiable until like, you know, ghost someone puts his arm around his shoulders like, see, Harry, like your soul was the friends you made the whole time. Like, it's going to be some <laughs> sort of bullshit that I can't like. It's going to be like, yes, magic. I was not in a place to make a prediction. I didn't feel like I had the need to make one. And I still don't have one. I don't know. Yeah. I was just like super peace. And even like it, this being such a cliffhanger, because I never read past the chapters when recording. Right. I was okay with just waiting. Like, yeah. It wasn't It wasn't like a big cliffhanger was like, I got to know what happens next. It was kind of like, <laughs> it's not like it's a nice moment to be like, oh, right. Harry's dead. How nice. <laughs> but like it was bookended really well and like yeah. set up really nicely where I was like, okay, this is the end of like an era or a segment this is the kind of thing where if this was made into seasons like if this was the end of a mm. season of a show you would be like oh man so good and you'd be enticed to know what happens next but you wouldn't be oh come on like i need those months to pass because you would be satisfied yeah. and i just i feel very satisfied with like how this chapter and now like this whole arc so to speak was delivered yeah i think that's i think that's really well said because i i think this was one of the chapters I don't even know if we'd like planned it this way, but both my sister and I were like, okay, we have to stop and just talk about yeah. it because, and I don't think either of us really felt like a deep, deep need to immediately go on. It's like, I needed a break, you mm -hmm. know, I needed a, a, to take a breather after this because it is, it is so nicely ramped up to and so yes. nicely kind of tied up that mm -hmm. it actually feels satisfying, especially, you know, when reading the physical book, you can see that there's more to come. So, you yeah, know, yeah. that you're, right. it's not the end of the book. Yeah, I'm right? surprised that this happened two chapters before the end. I'm surprised yeah. this was not the second to last chapter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's much more to come. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because it's because I think in reading and thinking about like reading through the first time and the fact that it did like I was sort of more at peace. The next time I read this book was before the eighth movie came out and I read the entire series in like four days and mm -hmm. leading up to the to the eighth movie and like just lost my shit at this chapter <laughs> like was like bawling uncontrollably because I think there's something about like understanding this chapter and then I don't know if you're ever going to want to read these books again after doing this probably <laughs> I, not I, maybe I, if, if anything it'll be for leisure and just to like note some stuff I right. do want to do episodes where I like not where I'm going to because I don't want to do like actual episodes where I'm like the no. town of a reading in a second time like fuck that but it would be nice to do episodes something where it's like here's all the stuff I missed in book one right. or slash here's all the stuff I have now picked up on reading it a second time. Yeah. That would be, I think, very fun. So I'll read them for leisure. But yeah, I'm not going to do oh, like I did with this again. No, like... definitely don't do another another full <laughs> bottle. That would, be, that would be nuts. No, but I mean, I do think that they are worth having read the entire series now like four or five times. I think they are worth going back to. Yeah. Um, because especially in like, if you ever have like a week where you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to the beach and like read stuff right. for a week and it's 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, like it's interesting in, in the ways in which this chapter specifically and the reason I wanted to do it because it impacts me slightly differently each time because reading the whole you know series knowing having this information right. and then getting to this point it's like my understanding of Harry was so much better and mm -hmm. my understanding of kind of like the life always being doomed from the very beginning and starting with such a hard life I don't yeah. know it's really beautiful like I think that you know, I, I have I have my opinions about J.K. Rowling now, given that you know, <laughs> she just can't seem to stop. Um, uh, but this series really is just some of the best, like, long-term storytelling that I think right. has been done. It's just extraordinary. Um, 
so yeah, this this chapter is always going to make me cry. I think from from here on out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm sure it's nice to see like her planting the seeds throughout the series, and then it all yeah. coming together really nicely. It's funny because at the time we're recording this, it is May 24th, so like last week Game of Thrones ended, and everyone yeah. was like, "It was so fucking bad." Like, <laughs> I'll save that for God or listen five years when I do that. Um, but I guess like I, I've never heard anyone complain sincerely about the seventh book. Yeah, it can't be easy, and you would know this as someone that wrote audio drama and mm-hmm. now a book, and like you have to to be able to end stories well like it can't be easy to tie stuff up i've tried to do it in like narrative improv where you do some sort of story thing and then like halfway through you're like oh shit we got to start ending it now (laughs) with like 30 minutes to spare so yeah it's impressive to see someone tie it up so nicely yeah Um, and she's doing a very good job and even like little things that you didn't even think it's like oh i wonder what happened to colin creevy and like oh he dies he dies Um, but like (laughs) there's still like so many other things like a lot of things are getting fulfilled in good ways yeah and it seems to be like she's doing it very well when i think even the i remember being frustrated by how much they camp you know the first time i read this and that was sort of the main complaint i remember hearing about the seventh book and let me tell you now that i've i'm almost done with my second book yeah. i'm like oh my god jk you packed so much in here and yeah. the pacing of this is so good and mm-hmm. i'm so bad at that <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been really interesting to like read this now having this is the first time i've like read harry potter since writing a book yeah and it's just it's like even though the pace does slow down in the beginning when they're camping like reading this again this week i'm like oh they're only camping actually for like three chapters yeah, it's like not it's not that actually that bad. long and there's still like a good amount of action that happens you yeah. get the snake coming out of bathilda's neck exactly hard, and like there's still some action so like i didn't find the pacing to be so bad i wanted the other stuff to happen yeah it's more of when you're watching something you're just like oh just i know what's gonna happen next so just like get to it yeah. but it's a very action-packed book and like you need those breathers that's like, the thing it, it builds parts, up well yeah yeah and it, like you need the parts in john wick 3 where like they take breathers in between things yeah. like it can't just be him murdering people all the time you get exhausted <laughs> <laughs> so you need it and I, I think she's actually done really well I really like this book yeah, I think it's I, my second favorite behind six I think it's like really well mine done mine too so. yeah I, I would say six is my favorite in this one yeah I really every time I read it I like it more and more I think that actually the pacing is like completely spot on Brendan gave us a big thumbs down What you like the fifth book right you weirdo oh, so weird. god gross <laughs> you're such an angsty teenager Brendan <laughs> so yeah I think my only dissatisfaction with this is like I wanted a big Harry Voldemort duel I don't know if that's Mm. still gonna happen like I don't know if it's you're in a video game and it says one life left and then you come back and you're like oh zero lives left I'm back like I don't know if there's some weird horcrux thing where you can like come back and there still is a duel next chapter there's enough action leading up to this where like I wasn't super upset but I just love when Harry and Voldemort duel and I want (laughs) it to happen and JK is so good at writing duels that I would have loved to have this big dramatic like spells and like all this stuff going on but I don't know. That, that was the only thing where I was like, if Harry like comes to and it's like, oh yeah, Voldemort died immediately after killing you, I'll be a little sad that mm-hmm. his death wasn't more dramatic. But I don't know. I'll have to see what happens in chapter 35. Man, I, I, yeah, you I always forget that. Your tongue. <laughs> I forget that I, so I love coming on the show and talking to you, but also it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to send like everyone. I want to go back and listen to Potterless and just like see anytime someone did a really good job of not spoiling something when yeah. I talk about it and then like send them a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, you're a champion person. I like I love I love listening to you, you know, talking to people about the chapters, but I also just creepily want to sit in your house and like watch <laughs> you read the books and that's react. What, to them. Well, that's what people have said is like people uh people on Potterless social media are like, you gotta record yourself. Yeah, live stream. And, like, and I have recorded some stuff. I recorded like the Bethilden snake neck thing. Nice. Uh, and then I recorded me the chapter where you learn Harry's a horror So like you have that okay, audio uh, nice. of me just being like, What the fuck? <laughs> But but yeah, everyone's like, Kelly, can you live stream him reading the books? Like, it's a lot of work. But I also get it. Honestly, just like having a mic set to record just as you read like the rest of this book yeah. is probably worth it. Yeah, I think. I'm gonna yeah. I'm definitely gonna put my phone on voice memo mode and like Perfect. read these and make sure I'm not audiobooking them so they can get the reaction. But yeah, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having with me, me about chapter 34. Where so can fun. people find you? You do so many things I now. Do so many things. Which thing like you've got a lot. What do you want to talk about? I will just say, um, go to well, if you like fantasy stuff and plug uh-huh. two things if that's okay um please <laughs> please listen to arcs podcast arcs mm. pod on twitter it is the D actual play uh, podcast that mm-hmm. atypical artists my company does and it's super fun if you like the adventure zone if you like join the party you'll like arcs yes it's, it's well done it's a 
it's a it's a good time. And then uh, just follow me on Twitter at Lauren Chippen. And my pinned tweet right now is a pre-order for my first novel, which comes out in September. So please mm-hmm. order that. It's... And please review it on Goodreads and give it five stars, please. Yes. <laughs> Only review it if you're going to say nice things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I haven't read it due to my embargo on reading books. Yes. <laughs> but I do have a copy. I'm very excited to crack it open once I finish the seventh book. But yeah, you're, you also do the Bright Sessions, which is amazing. Yes. And people all the time will, every month or so, I'll get a message in the Facebook group where it's like, thank you so much for talking about the Bright Sessions. I love it. I know. So it's so like... nice seeing tweets from people being like, I found the Sue Potter list. <laughs> um, so yes, it's there's a nice crossover of Potter list and yeah, Bright Sessions So fans. check out the Bright Sessions. It's very good. But Lauren, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they get murdered by Voldemort, wizard on! Are you making your own podcast? Would you like some advice? You are in luck. Multitude has a ton of resources available for you for free. All you need to do is go to multitude.production slash resources. We have tons of articles and audio and presentations that we have put together in the past to help you create your own podcast. Potterhouse is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert, as well as Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Klaus Lopu, Frank Chioto, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfelio, Kieran Webb, Abita Med, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Maria Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadonier, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Dustin Wolin Kooch, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Rossanne Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Girl, Vivian the Owl, Takari Ront, Haley Hastings, Moster, Pinky Pan, Angelina Withard, Rosemary Heisset, Alex Bisholta, Brian Will- Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Mosin Siddiqui, Grace Riggles, Raul Pineda, Ingan Oddsatter, Mari Wynn, Brian Wingate, Alex Consolver, John Kotker, Jen and Juice, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enson, Claire Spencer, Teal, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat29, Hallie Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lotta Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Carlos Nino, Pam Webb, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou Friday, J. Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latra, Summer Rathal, Heather Fleischman, Vera Cullitham, Carrie D. Baggison, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watt, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Srujan Thanmegupta, Brittany Gutierrez, Ned Atabani, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Mats Furley, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Emily Tilly, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Michelle Darp, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Washington Large, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, Dorcas, Courtney Hemwood, Kine Roan, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Placky, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Tajinder Chumber, Skymart Six, Sarah Shedder, Peter Vostinak, Yash Patel, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Jesh, Kate L. Dobbs, Violet Sullivan, Hannah Suzanne Gormley, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Elizabeth Agathon, Fielding Lee, Stephanie Hofert, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryant, Jesus Aguilar, Christina Welton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Ariel Rigdon, Heaven, Callahan Anders, Christy, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Georgia, Floor Sake, Ville Donner, Itzel Aime Ayala, Mitch Williams, Alvega, Topher Williams, Peter Wyckoff, Candy Kane, Skylar Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Threat, Sebastian, Kelsey Walesian, Ellie Hoskovchova, Kelly Elise, Savvy Blue, Jimmy Block, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Rebecca Todd, Lee Lee Lee, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lika Faccio, Michael David, Yordi, Nice Earmuffs Potter, did your mum make them for you? Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vangsgard, Andrea, Courtney Teller, Galactic Sparkle Cat, Carrie Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, Lissy, Camilo Garcia, Connie Binkowski, Janet Noel Dottili, Mary Matille, I'm O'Sara, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at Facebook. Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, or Reddit.com slash R slash Potterless. If you want more information about the show, you can head on over to PotterlessPodcast.com. If you want some bonus content, you can head to Patreon.com slash Potterless, and merchandise lives at bit.ly slash Merchon. If you want to tell people about the podcast and slash or rate and review it online, that really does help a ton. But thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.